Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. to the BritFlix.com podcast, Fright Fest Preview. Today, I've got with me, please introduce yourself. Perry Blackshear. And Perry, what film are we talking about? Uh, my film's called They Look Like People. I'm glad you said that, because my notes obviously don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we'll get there, we'll get there. We're going to rectify that all now. So, do you want to give us a brief synopsis about what your film's about, please? Yeah, it's a story of love and nightmares. And uh, it's sort of like a indie drama about friendship wrapped up in a sort of a psychological horror film. And uh, it's about a guy who uh, thinks everyone's turning into something evil around him and uh, starts getting these phone calls at night telling him to prepare for a war. And he doesn't know whether to start sort of protecting his friend from what he thinks is a, you know, a war that's about to come or from himself because he's becoming really dangerous. Wow, that sounds fascinating. That sounds fascinating. So, now I've learned from the previous podcast that my binary measure of scares to gore is a bit limited. So if I said, <laughs> if I said, and I give him what you've already told me about your film anyway from that description, if I said a completely even film was 25% gore, 25% scares, 25% psychological, and 25% mystery, how would that ratio rack up if it was looking at your film? I would say... Low gore, very low gore, except maybe at the end, uh, uh, reasonable scares and a ton of psychological and mystery. Brilliant, brilliant. So when and where can people see it at Fright Fest? It's playing uh, Sunday, August the 30th, and our lead actress will be there. Fantastic, fantastic. You're not able to make it? No, no, I'm, we're, we're making another movie, so I'm, I need to write the script. I'm behind. That's fair play, <laughs> that's fair play. Uh, well, talking of scripts then. Um, for the, so the script for your movie, um, what would you, in, in the development to get into production, um, what would you say were the hardest challenges to resolve in storytelling terms? Um, well, so the movie came about sort of in an interesting way. I, it was based off wanting to work with the actors of the movie because they're old friends. Okay. And uh, I wrote a script, and we bought them plane tickets, and they were going to come to my because most of it's shot in, you know, in New York, in my apartment and, you know, around where I live. And uh, the on Christmas Day, because we were shooting a month after that, uh, I had a script about a girl who comes up with a new religion in her apartment. And on Christmas Day, I ditched it and I started writing a new one. Really? And I told the guys, like, bear with me. It's going to be a new script. Uh, so just hang tight. <laughs> um, what, yeah, was, what was the so, tipping point or what was the inspiration <laughs> that, that made that sudden turn of events? I think that I don't I don't know what it is, but there's something you know, and you're you're a creator too. There's a, you know when you're when you're making something, you know, you like it and it's clever and that, but there isn't that kind of it's sort of like falling in love where you kind of it's either there or it isn't, you know. Mm -hmm. You can't kind of make yourself fall in love, and it just 
and I had a new idea that there was a little that was more intimate and really about uh, it was about a part of the film is about a close friend of mine who underwent some you know he thought people were spying on him through their computers and through his computer and okay. um, you know so it, more personal and really more about like what was going on with our lives and uh, also like yeah just more interesting to us. The 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 muse is horrible when she does that, isn't she? Where she goes, don't do yeah. that now. You don't need to do that. This is what you should do, and you That's have true. to go. And you have to go with it, don't you? I, I'd like to say that it came to me in a dream, but it was actually <laughs> it was not. It was after eating lunch with my family at Christmas. I was just sitting there eating lunch, and I was like, nope, it's going to be a different one. It's got to be. <laughs> so what? Did, what? How quick did you turn around the new script then? Um, it was extremely fast. Uh, I went to work as I work every day, and I drank whiskey and wrote at night, and uh, sent my actors this updated script every night. And we, you know, I have a lot of uh, director friends that I also was like, I'm writing this script really fast, you know. So they they read drafts really fast, and um, I've never written a script that fast before, and it was really hard, but it it gave it a, a level of sort of immediacy because we had to write with the stuff we had on, on hand, and it all became, you know, it. it there was some good stuff there too because it really came, you know, if we didn't like it, it was immediately ditched. You know, we, because we couldn't, you know, we couldn't, if it was boring, we just, we, or we didn't like it or it felt false, we just had to scrap it because we, you know, we had, we're, we were doing it in three weeks. <laughs> I'm fascinated. How did, how did you feel? How did you feel the kind of, you know, the differences of opinion though when, you, when you're working at such a pace? It's really hard, but I, you know, I, I went to film school and it was, you know, good and bad, but the best part about it was the was the people I ended up becoming friends with. A lot of them um, are directors. There's a, a woman a woman called Anya Marquardt who did a film called She's Lost Control that was at Berlin. Okay. Um, and my friend Joe did a movie called Mano Susias. And they, they've been through this process before and um, they were really helpful. It was tough because you've got all these people saying one thing and all these people saying another, but, um, you know, I had to kind of both be very humble and also believe in what we wanted to do. You know, you're, you're a screenwriter and you know how this is like taking no, that's, notes, that's, that's why I'm taking the whole art form into itself. It's like an enormous, it's like a different skill set. <laughs> uh, to, totally. But when, but when you add into the mix, the ticking clock, you know, the idea yeah. of wh when you're going to shoot the movie, that's a whole, that's a whole different game of, you know, whole different game of politics really, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> it forced us, we couldn't be lazy. That, <laughs> yeah. no. you know, Cause you're writing a script and you're like, Oh, this seems good enough. You know, uh, you know, <laughs> um, no, it's good though. No, because I mean, I, I was I was saying to one of the other, the other guests I've had on. It's sort of a I recently did um, did a workshop with some actors, which I've not done for a long time on five scenes within a within uh -huh. a feature screenplay. So it wasn't the whole thing; it was just five isolated scenes. And I've got I've got that used to speaking to other writers. I've forgotten how much yeah, yeah, yeah. actors will in, will forensically interrogate your characters like. No, it's great. I mean, it's terrible, but it's great. No, exactly, <laughs> really exactly. Take you to task, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they're kind of looking at you. You're going, well, go on, read it, and they're going, yeah, but why? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're thinking, surely it's just because it's on the page. But anyway, uh, yeah, 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 I digress. No, that's great. Actors, they, my actors, they're also filmmakers. Um, that all three actors in the movie, and they're really good friends of mine. So they really took me to task, uh, <laughs> and uh, it was great. Indeed, indeed. Great. Now, when you when you were in that pre-production stage, which uh, what was that, about two days, um, <laughs> <laughs> what 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 aspects of the shoot seemed 
seemed the sort of most insurmountable and, 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 and what breaks did you get or what idea did you come up with to get to get over them? So I think, um, you know, we, there was a really tiny crew and I'd, I'd crewed for a long time before I have before I got my nine to five as a gaffer and a cinematographer. So, you know, I was used to these bigger sets and I, we tried to make it really, really tiny. It was pretty much just the actors and I. Okay. Um, which was fantastic because you could just sort of wake up in the morning and start and just, you know, do the things that matter to you, which was, you know, the acting and the storytelling and the, and the directing, um, rather than worrying about the gaffer and his girlfriend being pissed at him and all these other, you know, mm. um, things you usually worry about. Uh, but I think the, the toughest thing was just some silly logistical stuff. Like we were in, uh, we were shooting our basement stuff and all four of our, five of our backup bulbs blew at once. Um, and, uh, cause we, cause we were using this one light, you know, for most of it. And, yeah. uh, I had to light a scene. Maybe I shouldn't say any of this. I had to light a scene with an iPhone and a flashlight. Uh, no, no, this is all good um, stuff. This is all good stuff. If it works, uh, it, it works, up, man. It ended up being better because of that. Um, but there's definitely, you know, that's like real filmmaking there when you're sitting there being like, all right, all right, how are we going to do this? You know? Uh, no, 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 totally, man. I was, I was, <laughs> I worked as an extra on, um, on a big sort of, Three hundred million dollar movie, just what? And I'm sat watching what people are doing, and I watched oh. a load of guys strapping car batteries to a quad bike because they, yeah, had, exactly. they, did, they didn't have something fast enough to move the camera, so they had to yeah. use a quad bike. And this is a three hundred million dollar movie. You're like, how's? <laughs> but it, but that's like you say, this is where the real movie making happens because if somebody says, no, we want it faster, and everyone's going, how do you make it faster? <laughs> yeah, no, I like that stuff. We we you know because the actors are filmmakers too. We like to pretend to think of ourselves as like a, like a SWAT team. Like just mm. we like go in and we like figure out we need to do something. Like a really nerdy SWAT team, you know. Of course. Really lame, nerdy SWAT team. Uh, <laughs> but I think, but, it's but like, I... <laughs> Yeah, it's like a mission. You know, and that, that's, that's part of the fun, I think. I was going to say, I think that the lesson I'm learning from the people I speak to is that actually, if it all went smoothly, then actually making the film wouldn't be so much fun. And actually, and some of the things that you get out of a film are born out of adversity in the first place. And that's where, I guess, as filmmakers, people step up to the plate, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I think I think one thing we really wanted to, because, you know, we were friends beforehand, and it's, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in a band, but it's like in being a relation, having a relationship with many different people at the same time, and someone's pissed, and you have to be, you know, and it's always mm-hmm. like this very, you know, um, negotiating feelings a lot. And that was super important to us, because if one of us wasn't on board with whatever we were doing, we just couldn't shoot. So... We we made sure we had, we actually had a little like code of laws on like how to behave during the movie um, and like how to be good to each other and stuff and it's kind of silly but it was pretty great. Do you know um, what? Though? That's not. But I, I've, I've, <laughs> I've I've done similar things with co-writing in the sense that really, if, if you agree at the upside, the upside who's in charge, then you can't ever get to an impasse. If yeah, you yeah, say yeah. when we get to a problem, this is how we resolve it, then when you get yeah. to the problem. You've already agreed what the resolu- how the resolution will come out, so you can get kind of rather than arguing and arguing until someone runs out of steam, which is yeah. which is completely you know it's not there's nothing constructive about that at all. I think yeah. it's, I think it's a right I think it's a good way about doing it. I think what you're referring to is that is is what commonly known as cabin fever. If you're all if everyone's hot out, <laughs> yeah. if everyone's together, then obviously the slightest the slightest deviation from what might be forward is going to look like someone's thrown the vehicle off the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for for us, you know, it was actually some of some of them were kind of silly. Like, I don't know if you get this way, but I, when I get hungry, I get really mad. 
Mm-hmm. And so the actors, so like there was a rule that if someone, if the two other actors said, you need to stop what you're doing and eat something because you're getting angry because you're hungry, the other guy would have to stop and eat no matter what. So that was a rule. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's, like, it's, 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 no, um, it's no coincidence that, you know, certainly for, for low budget filmmakers, it's, it's sort of, if you keep people, you know, keep people's bellies full, you'll, you'll always go a bit further. Oh, no. We, yeah, we spent most of our money. I mean, Crafty was like, good food, unlimited food, really good food, super important. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's super important to me. And yeah, you, yeah. Need, you need bowls of gummy bears. And so yeah, no, we had super healthy food. We were, we had like, you know. <laughs> oh, you're showing off now. You're showing off. <laughs> no, I, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Come to work for our movie. We give you coconut water and kale and, you know, power bars. <laughs> superb, superb. Now, yeah. without giving too much away, but, you know, obviously t- tell us what you can. Uh, what are you most excited about for the Fright Fest audience to either see or experience while watching your movie? Well, so, you know, this this movie is, is very, very uh, special to me, and it's sort of like, you know, we hope the trailer and some of the descriptions let people know that it, it is a little bit of a horror movie, but it's, but, but some people consider it more of a psychological thriller or even a, you know, like a psychodrama. Some people mm-hmm. call it a psychobromance, actually. Okay. Oh, that's um, interesting. So I think that, you know, we want to make sure people know that this is a different kind of movie and, uh, you know, it's a little quieter, a little bit art house, and especially towards the end, it, it definitely gets, you know, pretty creepy and, and pretty tense, but, uh, you know, I I want to let the audiences know it's it's a special movie and uh, if they're interested they should read about it and what people say online because um, it's its own thing uh, and uh, you know there's we love gory movies and fun stuff it's definitely not that uh, it's a quieter film uh, but it has it's uh, it's a different kind of film and I so I I wouldn't worry about that t- too much I mean I know <laughs> I know and, and well I, I can't I can't talk for all of right first but I can tell you that you know the audience is a pretty you know, educated bunch. Um, no, no, I don't. I don't doubt no, that at all. No, no, no. I'm just going to tell you. In previous <laughs> years, you know, in the main screen, they showed things like Peter Strickland's Barbarian Sound Studio. Uh huh. Which is if you've seen a... if you've seen that, that's far that's far and away from what you would call traditional horror films. And last yeah, last yeah. last year there was Coherence was showing. And oh, the, that's one of my favorite. That's yeah. I well, love there you go. So Coherence was there last year, and. Um, Faults was there as well with the the, the Riley yes. Stearns. Movie. Okay, this is yeah, this is this is good. These are the kind you know people have mentioned Dying Darko, yeah, and Swan and some of these and and uh, yeah, because so you know there's there's a there's there's a time for the kind of buckets of blood moments and they are fun. You know, last year Dead Snow Two was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but I'm I much preferred watching Coherence last year. Yeah, the, those those films, um, the the ones we mentioned, Coherence is always up there, along with a, a movie called Absentia that was Mike Flanagan's first. What um, That was we we love. It's a quiet little movie, and our our favorite films are are you know combined like the human human drama, which we which we love, and also the genre elements. And we think Absentia and 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 Let the Right One In is another great example of a movie that is really a love story between two children that one of them just happens to be a vampire. And the 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 drama parts and the the genre parts make the other stronger rather than running on parallel tracks. The you know the the fact that we care about the people makes the makes the it scarier and the 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 scares and the and the creepiness give teeth to the to the drama. And that those are the movies that we love the most. 
And that's well, that, the movie I wanted to make. <laughs> well, no, and they're, and they're, and for me, they're the best. They're the best movies that uh, that sort of they're aware of what they're doing, you know, as opposed to as opposed to they've got a tick box and they're going right. I'm going to do a decapitation now. Yeah. <laughs> then, then, then I'll have a rape scene, and um, yeah, then I need somebody's head to explode. Can you know? And it's kind of those movies you can tell a mile off that somebody's very good at special effects, which is a skill. Yeah. But yeah. but it's but it ain't storytelling, and, and it kind of if you think if you think of the way French. The French talk about Sinner being, the, you know, the finest of the arts. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think some gore movies necessarily appreciate that. <clears throat> we also saw we saw Nina Forever in Fantasia and liked it because ah. that that was a movie about people, you know, like ah. and yeah. Well, there you go. So there you go. So Nina Forever's playing too, and that's that's a bit that's sponsored by Total Film this time as well. So that's a that's got big billing. So that's definitely not what you would call a traditional horror film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we like that. Movie. Segwaying along, um, yeah. let's uh, let's remind everybody uh, when we can see your movie. Uh, it's playing on uh, Sunday, August the thirtieth at nine p.m. And the lead actress will be there, and she's very cool. And what's the lead actress's called name again, sir? Her name is Margaret Drake. Okay, we'll look forward to seeing Margaret then. Uh, right then, finally, I want you to tell me your favorite British horror film. Well, this is tough because, uh, you know, we were talking earlier and I, I saw The Wicker Man and it really kind of blew my mind <laughs> um, just on how different it was. And I think movies, you know, we get very used to seeing the same kind of movies over and over. And that movie was just so weird and it had a musical number, um, you know, and oh, it was great. But I think I'm going to go with Shaun of the Dead because uh, when I when I was interviewed for film school, that was the movie that I said was my favorite of the year um, because... There's, a, there's also a Korean movie called The Host that I, yeah. that I brought up in the same context because both of those movies to me are, are so, are just like a full cinematic experience. It's like the Bollywood promise where it's like you will get your money's worth if you come to see this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I thought it was so funny and also really like warm in a weird way. Like you cared about the characters and they each had real relationships and uh, and it was also really scary. And I just, you know, I had a blast the entire time. And when a movie can be funny and heartwarming and scary and sort of do all the things in the same movie, I just have to applaud it. I, I love that film. Well, yeah, I think you're talking. I think, that, I think that's what comes with the bracket of good films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, then. Well, look, thanks for telling us about They Look Like People. Sure. <clears throat> and um, best of luck with the screening. Uh, do you, actually, the one thing I should ask, last thing I should ask is, do, do, you, do you have, for those people that are maybe listening to this podcast who aren't going to Fright Fest, is there mm-hmm. a, an official release date anywhere around the the, the lands of Europe or, or in America? Well, so we, we, are, we are still deciding what we want to do with that, but uh, <laughs> we have um, some sales agents, you know, uh, domestic sales agents. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. People, and uh, it's going to be playing at Strasbourg, um, which is in France, and... See, also in Australia at the Sydney Underground, Fantastic. Um, and a few other places in Europe that we can't talk about yet. But uh, hopefully, closer to the time, if you want to, we have a website called They Look Like People, and it has all the stuff. If you okay, are okay, cool. Well, we'll put I'll put a link to your website in my show notes for the podcast. Yeah, great. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much.
If you don't already subscribe to BritFlix, just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at BritFlix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. It's time for another season of The Palmetto Porch, an original podcast from Discover South Carolina. I'm Devin Whitmire. Join me as I get to the heart of what makes South Carolina such a great place to visit by speaking to the locals who make it so special. Premiering December 5th, find The Palmetto Porch wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information about our show, visit scpalmettoporch.com. Palmetto Porch.com.